0: This is Envision Self Healing podcast episode number 77. The topic of the week this week is amblyopia or lazy eye. And in the tip of the week, we're gonna tell you how to determine your stronger eye.
1: Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we're the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. If you haven't done already, make sure you get your hands on our free ebook that gives you 10 top tips
0: on how you can start improving your eyesight in our modern day world. The topic of the week this week is amblyopia, or as it's more commonly known, lazy eye. So we're going to go into this obviously in a a lot more detail of what is
1: amblyopia and lazy eye and and why they... Uh, Kind of connected, but the reason why we want to bring this uh, topic up this week is it's certainly a a very common condition that we work with um, On a a very regular basis, and it's also something that we see in uh, both uh, adults and in children Mm -hmm. and it's certainly something that you can start and work with to strengthen not only strengthen the uh, the weak eye that you have there, but also to maintain the vision in the stronger eye as well. Because one thing that we really don't think about is overworking it, and that's certainly something you've had experience with, isn't it, Richard, with your optic atrophy?
0: Yeah, yeah. My uh, optic atrophy is worse in my left eye than it is in my right eye. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to uh, predominantly use my right eye over my left eye. My brain, actually, it's sort of my brain makes that choice, really, Mm -hmm. to use my right eye over my left eye. so it's, it's a bit of a danger for me that if I overuse the right eye, just as if you had had a weak, say, a weak left leg and a strong right leg, you mm-hmm. can imagine if you uh, accentuate that even more by, say, hopping instead of walking, because so I don't know what you would do. So it's like hopping instead of walking. Uh-huh. You can imagine what that would do to your right leg, let alone the balance. You can think of it then the balance of your spine and all your whole posture would be compromised, would be thrown off balance, literally, uh, by this tendency to only use one leg. And it's the same way with the eyes. If I were constantly to use my right eye over and over, uh, it would not only further uh, lessen my brain's uh, likelihood or tendency to use my left eye, but would overly overuse and eventually strain my right eye. So it's very important for you
1: to uh, work with amblyopia if this is uh, something that you've uh, got. As a child, you can imagine it's important to uh, avoid the strain, but also kind of as a child, and what we'll get to this in a minute, is, is you, it's a little bit easier to strengthen uh, both eyes and work with that. But even as adults working with amblyopia to uh, improve the weaker eye, and if you're somebody that thinks, well, you can't improve it no matter what, there's nothing you can do, they're still maintaining the strength in, uh, in, the, in the stronger eye and maintaining the health there over 30, 40, 50 years uh, instead of allowing
0: it to tie. So what is amblyopia? So amblyopia, as, as I started to imply, is the the brain's choosing to use one eye almost exclusively, mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes people don't realize they're not even seeing out of mm-hmm. the, the the eye, that the amblyopic eye yeah. that, at that point. That I suppose it's, it's good to understand here that this is actually a
1: natural, in some ways, a natural currency right. in everyone because uh, the brain does favor one particular eye and that becomes your dominant eye. Right. So there is this uh, phenomena in, in everyone where the, grain, uh, the, the, grain, the brain grows uh, more nerve cells to one particular eye and I think about two-thirds of the population that tends to be the right eye. Most people are right eye dominant. Right. And um, so the eye kind of favors that, and it means that you move a few milliseconds quicker with that eye. Um, it tells you where you're focusing. And uh, a good example is as
0: a, a photography, I guess. You know all about this, Richard, being a photographer. Yeah, you tend to bring up the... This is the one way of st- testing for your dominant eye, anyway, is, is that you bring the camera up to one eye. It's sort of like being right-handed, which if somebody threw you a... A ball. Which hand would you would you Mm -hmm. catch it in? Yeah, and that's sort of a similar thing. Um, So you're right. It's a natural phenomenon of the our evolution to to favor one eye. Mm -hmm. So now this is a good way of understanding amblyopia. Actually, just take that natural process, and now you know. Let's just say in, in a even playing field, both eyes are similar to each other your brain is still going to pick one eye over the other Mm -hmm. as your dominant eye. Mm -hmm. Now let's take one of those eyes and give it nearsightedness uh, considerably, or at least moderately or considerably more than the other eye, your dominant Mm -hmm. eye. Now your brain's going to go, wow, that's a compromise to even use that eye. This one's so much clearer. (laughs) I'm going to really use this one. Mm -hmm. And that's when amblyopia starts to kick in. So it could be uh, as simple as just a little more nearsightedness. Uh, usually, if it's within, you know, a diopter, it won't uh, won't happen. But if you start getting over a diopter into the two diopters, it really that's a very good likelihood of amblyopia uh, coming into effect. You mean as a child? As a child, yes. Yeah,
1: because a lot of people will have up <laughs> into the minus eights, and they say, true. "Well, I'm not. I don't have amblyopia." Um, so, but another thing also because we. The reason why we're, we're talking about this from a, a child's uh, point of view is, is this mainly when it's, it's going to occur because we're talking about that, that brain um, connection there. It's right. kind of within the first seven years, I think, um, is, what, is what the doctors say is where the, um, that, that connection is, is really solidified mm-hmm. and made there. So it could be other things such as cataracts, right. which is obstructing the vision uh, in that eye. We're not just talking about congenital cataracts, which is even more important that you get it removed within a couple of weeks um, because then that, that's uh, even more connection with the brains with, right. with both eyes and actually being able to perceive uh, colour and images and whatnot. So say you've got uh, uh, two eyes um, and the brain is developing, you've got a, a serious cataract in one eye, then uh, it means the brain is going to start favouring the one that sees stronger. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously, if you've got the cataracts in both eyes, then it's not going to develop as well, so that's why it's important to get that removed. Um, major or, or larger areas of refraction, I suppose things like...
0: Nearsightedness, astigmatism. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Or, or even more severe astigmatism, which mm-hmm. is keratoconus. Um, the farsightedness, it can be a big strain on the eye, especially if you're reading a lot, because the accommodative muscles are trying to work even harder to really squeeze and round the lens. So eventually, and this kind of leads us on to a, a second part here of, right. of why we could be talking about lazy eye, is it could also lead to strabismus, where you overwork that eye so much that one eye just kind of gives up almost because it can't work anymore because the high, farsightedness there.
0: Right. So that, uh, a form of a sort of this is a chicken or egg thing mm-hmm. because if you develop amblyopia for other reasons, you know astigmatism, nearsightedness, cataracts. Then the eye, the, the eye that the brain chooses not to use so much, the lazy eye, can sometimes become crossed mm-hmm. because it's just not being used. You can imagine uh, if you stopped using one arm, eventually it sort of just flops there or something mm-hmm. like that. Similar, similar phenomenon where the eye just sort of like. And also, in some ways, when you turn the eye in, the brain can really ignore it now because it's, it's looking somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could uh the amblyopia could lead to strabismus or a crossed eye uh but the other reality is another condition that can lead to amblyopia is being born with a crossed eye mm-hmm. that's just out of position um and they try to surgically repair them now mm-hmm. to put it in the right position but they don't always get it mm-hmm. right either so and that and, and one reason
1: for that <laughs> say you've got two eyes because we, we, the eye just receives information, right? And it's the brain that that puts everything together and, and we make up the world around us. So you've actually got two images coming through, the brain fuses them together so you then see one image. Now, if you've got one eye turning one direction and one eye turning the other, either out or in, sort of esotropic uh, or exotropic, you might also have two eyes uh, outwards or inwards, you can, mm. you can have uh, multiple combinations there. But what's going on is you're actually seeing two separate images. It can mm-hmm. be very uh, confusing for the eye, anyone. I'm right. um, not going to condone this, but if you crossed your eyes and then tried to walk, um, it's very challenging <laughs> yeah. um, because you've kind of got two images going on. And, mm. and in, in later set, um, strabismus or double vision, someone's been in an accident or, or, or something, or s- um, stress, anxiety attacks that we see quite often mm-hmm. that could push one eye out in adults. Um, it, it's very challenging for them because they're seeing two images. So what happens is, is the way for the brain to get around this and allow you to actually function in your day is to switch one of those, one of those eyes off right. so that you're only seeing with, with one eye now. Now, I mentioned there about adults. Obviously, if you're a child, we're saying that those connections aren't being uh, developed as much. Whereas in an adult, the difference there, if you develop something like strabismus, then um, you've already got the connections there. It's just a case of the brain switching that eye off. So there's kind of two contrasts there between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in particular, when we talk about amblyopia, here we're, we're referring to it as a child. So if you've got strabismus, one eye's turning out, if that's not corrected, then the brain is just gonna eventually choose one of those eyes. Right um, to work with. Now, doctors actually say that you can't work with strabismus uh, past the age, I think, of about seven. Yeah, uh, We strongly disagree, and we work with people in their 40s and 50s um, that still improve their strabismus um, that they've had since
0: a child. But then we also kind of have to work with the amblyopia at that point. Well, and really, well. the doctors say similar things, that you can't work with amblyopia after that mm-hmm. same age as yeah. well. So... Um yeah, we're challenging it on both both mm-hmm. of those fronts. But we've seen people, um, we've seen people who, as adults who had childhood amblyopia that mm-hmm. wasn't quite uh, dealt with uh, through surgery or whatever, and they, we've seen them improve. And then we've seen uh, adults who have had accidents or some uh, trauma to, to the visual system that created a weaker eye, mm-hmm. and then they developed essentially adult amblyopia where they're we're shutting off one eye. We've also seen them improve. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, we've seen the evidence that it can improve, mm-hmm. uh, even though they say it can't be. So, so you can just, uh, in general, then you could think of amblyopia
1: um, as looking at the, the nerve endings, the nerve connections there between the eye and the brain. Um, we don't quite have a diagram for that. We have a, a big eye, but the, we don't have the rest of the, the yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. which is... Past uh, to our right here. To my, to my right over there. <laughs> <You laughs> <laughs> <laughs> we'll <We're, we're laughs> save <saving laughs> that for next week. Yeah. So um, <coughs> you're, you've got those extra connections there, so what we're saying is that you're able to strengthen those um, connections, some that are already there, and then also create more connections in order to develop and strengthen the vision in that, in that other eye. So, but this is why also, and, and this kind of funny because there's been a bit of a miscommunication debate with uh, Richard and I, oh, why yeah. it's also called a lazy eye.
0: Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, we thought, we well, never mind. We, we thought we understood each other and we discovered we didn't the other day. So, in my, my it's both ways, but in my mm-hmm. mind, the laziness of the eye reflected the fact that um, your eye wasn't being used, it was being turned off. And but very often the eye turns in or out, mm-hmm. and you thought of that as being the lazy mm-hmm. aspect, which yeah I could understand both perspectives actually. And this is why we kind of
1: said <laughs> the chicken or the egg with yeah. the strabismus or or, um, yeah. or amblyopia first. Um, but don't get confused when you hear about a lazy eye. Normally, if you see amblyopia, you see lazy eye. But then mm. in general, if you just um, the term lazy eye when people mm. say. You see on Twitter or Facebook where people kind of make a joke and say, oh, my, it, oh, in this picture it looks like I've got a lazy eye. Right. Um, and that's normally because one eye is, is kind of turning inward. So you've got the, the same word there b- being yeah. used uh, in both when you when you look up that literature. So yeah. uh, the, the medical term for the, the eye turning in or out is strabismus. Right. And that could also create double vision. So you're looking at the word strabismus, double vision. Uh, eyes lady, crossed eyes, yeah, yeah, that's another one. Um, lazy eye, then, because either the eye is turning in or out because it's not moving; it's being lazy. Um, but then you've also got as a top part of the umbrella amblyopia, which means
0: that one eye is seeing and the other one um, really isn't receiving much information. I just realized we should do a quick uh, demonstration of how you determine whether you might have a lazy eye. Okay. Very simple. we just putting the fingers like this, one in front of. One finger may be, well, 12 inches in front of your eyes, and the mm-hmm. other one may be six inches, mm-hmm. and you look at the distant finger, the one at 12 inches, and you see whether you see two fingers in the foreground on mm-hmm. the, the finger that's at six inches. If you only see one finger, then you, you have a lazy eye. Do
1: you want to go in depth a little bit why that is? Ah,
0: well, okay, the, 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 the single finger is in the distance at 12 inches, is the one your eyes are, are looking at, are focused on, and you're fusing it into one single image. When you're looking at the distance finger, the, the finger that's closer to you, uh, you're seeing one image, with each, one image of one finger with each eye. So you have two images of the same finger, one from each eye. So if you're only seeing either the right finger or the left finger uh, in that image, that means one of the eyes shutting off. And you should see an image uh, for I- in each eye creating the two fingers in mm-hmm. the middle there. So remember we said um, <coughs> the brain is always seeing
1: two images and that we're yeah. fusing one. So whatever mm-hmm. finger you're looking at, if you're looking at it in the foreground, the one in front of you, then that finger is going to be one. But because the eyes are crossing at the back, this is what gives us uh, stereotopic vision. This is what gives us 3D vision and that sense of depth. The, uh, the f- because the eyes are crossing over the finger in the back because you're not looking at it That's going to look like two fingers because you're seeing one finger with the left eye and one finger, finger with the, the right, right eye. eye Yeah, so then when you look at the background Because that's what you're looking at the one in front is picking up the two images between the, the two
0: eyes. It's always a uh, Really when you first notice it. it's an, an amazing phenomena. Yeah, anatomically if you think about it you have two eyes You should always be seeing two of everything, really, (laughs) but then the brain has learned how to fuse those two images Uh and and to appear as one image. So So now a lot of people are actually going to do that exercise and realize
1: they only see one finger. One finger, yeah. So a lot of the time, uh, there are a lot of people where, at the very beginning of this podcast, we talked about how it's important to keep a strong eye strong. It's not just about improving the, the weaker eye, which we also feel that you can do. So, But for the average uh, population, even if you don't have amblyopia, strabismus or, or any of these kinds of conditions, a lot of people still develop um, that single, is it, would it be 2D vision? Um, because, yeah. th- there's, we, we remember before we talked about dominant eye, maybe you've got a stronger eye, maybe uh, you were lucky enough um, to have LASIK surgery and they permanently made one <laughs> eye look near and one eye look far. Well, that's true. That's, that's a joke, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you've been given monovision glasses, so it means that one eye was working near, one eye was going far. Or maybe it's just that one eye started off being slightly better, and over time that's just got more and more and more. And it means that the brain has slowly started to switch switch that off. Now, we probably wouldn't call that amblyopia. No, you're right. Um, now, technically, that is Medi- not amblyopia. You know, if you enter the yeah. doctor, they, they wouldn't say, oh, you've got amblyopia because you're only seeing one finger and not the other. Um, it's, it's more of a case that that does show that you're underusing one of those eyes and you still need to do these exercises to bring both um, right. equal to one yeah. another. But even more important if you've got amblyopia um, or something like strabismus, that you're able to uh, correct that so that you can
0: start and strengthen the vision in both eyes. And, and for either either folks, the people who had uh, real amblyopia, or the people who have developed overuse of one eye, you're both in. Uh, you both need to create balance, mm-hmm. as you say, because it's you can't just live with this one eye. Oh, it doesn't matter, because eventually you'll you'll strain that eye. Yeah. So. Okay. Great. Well, I think that's a good time to move on to tip of the week. Tip of the week this week is determining your stronger eye. So uh, I
1: guess uh, a cousin of that would be what we
0: just did previously where
1: you noticed that you couldn't see um, if you only saw one finger um, in in the background or foreground, then you could always close one eye, then the other and see which one you're actually looking at. Right. Um, And and another way of, of saying it, it was just like when Richard was talking about the camera lens, Um, Mm. then that's going to show you what your dominant eye is, the one that you tend to favour. And you could just off from experience, you could say that you're also going to try and take pictures with your stronger eye because you see better with it. So even if it's not your dominant eye, you still might choose that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good time to, to bring up the difference between dominant eye and stronger eye, because it can get very confusing for a lot of people, because literature either says dominant eye or stronger eye. Mm -hmm. And if it's your dominant eye, we're talking about what we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, where with everyone, whether you have amblyopia or not, where the eye favors um, one eye or the other. So Mm -hmm. like we said, two-thirds of the population is the right eye, so you've got uh, more nerve connections there, it's quicker responses, and there's more space in the brain dedicated to that one eye in order to make decisions and to process information. Mm -hmm. So that's your dominant eye um, that we tend to favor, but then you've also got your stronger eye,
0: which is the one that you see clearer through, or you see better with. Right, and actually for me, they're a little bit opposite. So it it gets complicated with each Mm -hmm. individual, but for Mm -hmm. me, my dominant eye is my right eye, but I have worse uh, optic atrophy in my left eye, which would make you think my right eye is my stronger eye, but actually, through overuse, I believe, the uh, refractive errors are worse in my right eye mm-hmm. than they are in my left eye. So I actually see, when I, through the scotoma and other things that I have from the optic atrophy, mm-hmm. I see clearer with my left eye. So okay. it's, it, it's complicated for a lot of individuals. <laughs> but you're right. To keep it clear, there is your dominant eye, which is mm-hmm. the eye that you would focus a camera with Mm -hmm. because it's the one you're used to using Mm -hmm. and then there's your stronger eye which is what we would call your clearer eye Um, Say for example myself. It's very simple.
1: My right eye is dominant and my right eye, my right eye also sees clearer Right, you're simple. Yeah, whereas uh, my left eye is my non-dominant eye uh, and due to my condition and pathologies, I also have a cataracts there and uh, I've also got um, a macular hole there through to a, a sports injury that I obtained so uh, it's easy for me to know which one is my stronger and which one is my weaker. For some people, it could be very close. Uh, in yeah. particular, those that maybe have a presbyopia or nearsightedness, um, then they tend, you know, it could be like, well, one is pretty clear, the other's pretty clear, Yeah. Um, but you do find when you start and work uh, with it in discovering which is the weaker eye or the stronger eye, is you can pick it out. Some people are just amazed. And they're just like, wow, I had no idea yeah. that my eyes, well, one eye saw this so way and the other eye didn't. And that's exactly what we were talking about, overworking one of the eyes. Mm-hmm. So how do we actually uh, test for that then? All right, we have to add one more
0: complexity to this situation, okay. which is... Let's do that. Let's try and confuse Some them people more. see clearer with one eye in the distance, mm-hmm. and then the, at close-up they see clearer with the other with eye. eye. So yeah. sorry about that. There's one, le- one <laughs> more complexity. So we, because of that... We actually have uh, the same technique, but we do it at the distance and we do Mm -hmm. it close-up. Yeah, and and again, that's not for everyone. Just like I said with myself,
1: um, I see poor in the distance and near with one eye. Um, But it's just sometimes you will find that some people can see clearly with one eye far and clearly with one eye near. Mm -hmm. If you had LASIK or you have monovision glasses, um, then they would have done that. um, To you deliberately. To you (laughs) deliberately. Um, Anyway, so if you've had LASIK, you can't really do that. Um, but if you've, well, but saying that only the other day, we had a lady who had had LASIK surgery, one eye for near, one eye for far. And it was her left eye that was for far. It was her right. that was for near and now her right was near and far and her left was just gone out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, not amblyopia, but it just uh, overworked again. Yeah. And um, just not much going on with that eye. So, um, so we can shift as well. And as you go through with the exercises, um, you can notice a shift between the two. So it's important right. to, keep check on which eye is good for near and which eye is good for far. So uh, So how would you see for near?
0: For near, we would take um, progressively a a piece of paper with progressively smaller type on Mm -hmm. it. You can see an example uh, if you head over to the Envision
1: Self Healing website, click on the store tab there and you'll see down it's called large and small print. Yes. Um, An example there of what we're talking about.
0: And it's just like the eye doctor's office, you would hold the print and you would uh, just put one hand in front of, uh, start with your right eye perhaps, and look down with your left eye and see how far down, uh, how small of a type you can see, and then obstruct the uh, left eye, and again, look down and see how far down you can see. Uh, If you don't do this exercise, you might not notice, but once you do it, it's it's fairly straightforward. Mm -hmm. You'll see which eye sees smaller type on the page. And some of you that are struggling with this, where
1: it's really clear, one thing is you could try going outside uh, where it's bright. Ideally, you would do this outside to begin yeah. with. Um, but sometimes that makes it a little bit clearer. But also, once you read down with one eye, let's say you get down to number seven or uh, point, uh, whatever point seven, size sure you're at. Um, yeah. And again, that make more sense when you check that chart out there. Um, and then you know that that's what you could read and then just cover and switch to the other eye, still looking at that same text. And you can flip between the two. And eventually, you'll kind of get an idea of, of which one sees clearer. For some of you, it's going to be really obvious, right? Um, but for some of you, where it's a little bit finite and harder to get, um, which is great, then um, then you could try that little bit of an extra technique there to really
0: get an understanding. And then for the outside, maybe for the distance, mm-hmm. uh, we would actually like you to download the, uh, purchase the the eye chart on our website and use that, or get another eye chart. But if you don't have an eye chart, then you can use signage if you live in a city. You can go to any street and see a signage with letters of different sizes, Mm -hmm. and again, repeat the process. You would obstruct one eye, see the smallest sign letters you can see, Mm -hmm. and then obstruct the other eye and repeat the process. And it should come out, uh, again, fairly obvious Mm -hmm. that you might not have ever thought about doing this. So then just jot
1: down which eye is, is near and which eye is, is far um, and then that's the one that you go and work with. You can check out the obstruction exercise uh, on our website and uh, we'll probably go through some more exercises for amblyopia actually uh, in particular over the uh, next couple of podcasts here mm-hmm. so um, certainly look out for those ones as well. Mm-hmm. And again if you're doing that test in the, in the distance looking for seeing which eye is clearer than the other then you're also going to want to think about making sure that the sun is actually on Uh, that text, so they're actually seeing it. Because if you're looking at, say, a road sign um, and the sunlight is behind it, then it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to actually see that. So um, make sure the sun is on the chart when you're looking at it. The same with the eye chart that you can get from the store page on our website. Um, Put it up against a wall with with a bit of tape or whatever and uh, make sure the light's coming down. Mm-hmm. and uh, you could always do that little technique of chopping and changing between the two eyes just to ch- double check which one is clear at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And again, don't be surprised if it changes after a month or two of doing the exercises. It's true, yeah. Um, yeah. Which changes, change is always good in that respect. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, well we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you want a lot more information about natural vision improvement or indeed eye exercises themselves, then be sure to head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com where you can get your hands on a free ebook that's going to give you 10 top tips. It's actually called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight. So it gives you a nice background on eye exercises and indeed a bit more about our philosophy on how they can actually improve uh, your eyes, working on uh, the nature of them and indeed then looking at a modern day world and seeing how we're not very um, kind to our eyes, should we say, in that respect. And that just by modifying some small changes, you could also help maintain and improve your eyesight that way. You could also find uh, specific information on amblyopia as a condition or indeed uh, many other conditions that we also have there on the website. So just click on the conditions tab there and you'll find um, some exercises there a programmed for you so you can start and work on your eye exercises and start improving your eyesight as well. Mm-hmm. You could also check us out on Twitter or indeed head over to our Facebook fan page. Just type in uh, Envision Self Healing in Facebook Like our page over there and you can also check out some of our latest uh, postings there. You can also subscribe to us if you're watching this on uh, YouTube or indeed if you're listening to it on iTunes, you can subscribe there. And it means that one of these will get sent to you every week as we release them. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises, everybody, this week and happy healing. And have a good week.